everyone, Mana here with a quick pre-show announcement. I just spent five hours editing this episode and wanted to make sure that I included this before I uploaded it this week because I forgot last week. So whether you've been following the real witches of the end times for a year and a half or just recently, you may have noticed that usually at the end of the episode, I will plug the Patreon or I'll have it as a description link or mention it on social media elsewhere. But I wanted to let everyone who's listening to this now know that going forward, this is December of 2021, I'm no longer using Patreon as a platform. There are quite a few reasons for this, but most of it is that I'm at a spot in my life currently where I can't dedicate the amount of time and availability that I need to have a consistent Patreon going with content and with meetings and all of those types of things, so I have to step away. But also, I was getting really tired of Patreon taking a cut of what people are genuinely trying to give to the podcast to support. So going forward, if you would like to leave a tip, you can do so at ko-fi.com slash And there will be a link to that in the description below. And Ko-Fi does not take a cut of anything, which is very cool. But whether or not that's your thing, I hope you do enjoy this episode and I will see you on the other side. You're listening to The Real Witches of the End Times, transmissions straight from the underworld. Doom Witches, Blood Wizards, Underworld Accountants, and Cloud People. Welcome back to the Real Witches of the End Times podcast. I'm your host, Mana Aelin. Today, I have the one, the only, Celeste Mott here today with us. It is as though she has never left. This might be, I think it's her third main feed episode, but I think the fourth total, and I think people just associate us as like one person at this point. That's true. We're like a like a package deal. Mm-hmm. Sort of, well, not entirely a package deal, but like you, you're you're getting lucky if you if you get both of us at once. It's a bonus. That getting lucky if you get to have both of us at the same time at something. Oh, that sounded weird. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh shit. Um, it's also we are both very elusive and hard to book for anything. Not because we don't want to, sure. but because we have ridiculous schedules. And so, Godspeed to anyone with a podcast who has tried to book us at the same time. We genuinely try to make it work, and then it turns into us being like the nightmare client on accident. Yeah, I feel really bad because there were some cool things that we were gonna do, and then it just like, you know, I think and it, you and I have talked about this, um, and and you know it intimately as a podcaster but I feel like when you have two podcast guests and then also the podcast host who has a whole life and a job and other things going on trying to coordinate three plus people's schedules nightmare Mm -hmm. nightmare town yeah because it's not even like when are you available it's like when are you available to record which has its own set of parameters like when is your partner not home when do you not Mm -hmm. when, when is your telephone company not outside your window sawing at the pole uh, <laughs> yeah, or totally. in my case when is the electrician not in your entire building for seven hours at a time multiple days in a row 
Yeah, I thought today, actually, that we were going to maybe be, I don't know why, but in my brain, I was like, oh, do we have to record earlier in the day? And I woke up to somebody like finally fixing the metal fence that borders my property from the neighbor's property, which has been down since Hurricane Ida. But if you've ever heard anyone repairing a metal fence, it's very loud. There's a lot of banging and terrifying hell sounds and I was like well this is going to be fun if this is still going on when I'm trying to record something but it didn't work out that way so it's okay <laughs> I'm a bigger fan of recording at night anyway yeah. especially like where I live yeah. now the the building is very the walls are very thin so at night usually it's just me being an asshole but during the day it's everyone else being an asshole you're taking you're taking your turn yeah at being an asshole yeah it's my turn um i have come to the conclusion today and this is not a revolutionary thought this is just a thought that like resonated with me suddenly even though it's like been a thing but i was like wow being nice and having integrity actually can contradict each other sometimes and so i would rather have integrity than be nice mm. uh what prompted this this think this thought um i was i had a long phone call with someone yesterday where we were like mm -hmm. working stuff out and um not necessarily that came up but it was more of like what is the difference between two people not getting along and two mm -hmm. people needing to communicate about something to try to work it out mm -hmm. and i just been my wheels have been spinning because uh, well, this is one thing that maybe we can talk about a little later. I made a note of like, both of us are sober people. And mm -hmm. I feel like one thing that sober people have in common are people who aren't sober, who are not doing well. Uh, mm. I feel like a lot of us have obsessive traits and brought certain things. Like for me, you know, I don't drink, but I have to be careful around sugar because that's like my next thing yeah, um, or investing too much in people. And so mm. anything can become an addiction. I think the more colloquial phrase would be like addictive personality, but I don't fully understand what that means. I'm trying not to use that phrase. It's more mm -hmm, of like, mm -hmm. I will 100% throw myself into something. And so if I eat a cookie, it is very easy for me to eat 18 cookies and be very oh, sick. Oh, dude, yeah. Me too. Actually, they talk about this in AA. Um, as you know, I have I have been to AA, but I am not a hardcore AA person um it just is not it's not the model for me but um something they do talk about in AA a lot if you're going all the time and you're like in the program is this idea of being a dry drunk which is exactly that it's like okay well you're not drinking but you're still an addict and you're never not an addict and you're always perhaps going to that addiction is going to manifest in these other ways and so you can be you can be drunk on the internet you can be drunk on other people relationships sex you know mm -hmm. um and i have to say like when i was initially going through aa uh that really annoyed me because i was like <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> i get to like stop drinking forever which is really hard and then i have to worry about all this other shit fuck you <laughs> like, i was not about it mm -hmm. you know but it yeah i think it's a thing for sure yeah, that's something that I've never been to AA, but I know multiple people who have been. And I'm not, I don't have an alcoholic past. I have more of a, I don't know what the word would be. I wasn't lucky to be surrounded by people who are alcoholics, because that sounds weird. I, but like, I guess the better phrasing would be like, I have been around a lot of people who were or are 
alcoholics and I saw some dangerous stuff happening within myself with that Mm -hmm. and other substances. And I was able to catch that before I lost myself. Um, So I know what I could do to myself. But anyway, yeah. So. about addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting. So how, how does that tie into you for um, this sort of niceness v. integrity piece of the puzzle? I'm just curious. Well, for me, it's like we talk, I think, as an internet subculture or whatever, whatever echo chamber you and I both seem to be in. There's a lot of talk about like trauma and then having boundaries with people around like, oh, this is triggering to like my past experience or whatever, which are like really Mm -hmm. awesome things that we can learn about ourselves. But also it's like, at what point is something a manifestation of trauma and is something Mm -hmm. just part of your personality? And for me, I've been realizing Mm -hmm. I'm definitely, as I have been called recently, a prickly person with a lot of defense. With a lot of uh, defense mechanisms in place, which are a result of some horrible things that have happened to me. And Mm -hmm. those are things that have their purpose. Their purpose is to protect me. But there are times when they are in the goddamn way of like other positive things in my life. And Mm -hmm. part, I think, of the trauma literacy for myself is navigating when those defense mechanisms are helping me and when they are hurting me and at the same time of that I've also come to learn that a part of my personality is that just I'm not like a super open vulnerable person like I there are aspects of me as you have called me online that are like I don't know just kind of scary and that has all (laughs) you know and so it's like Mm -hmm. what is it so I don't want to make myself try to fix that as though it's something to be fixed so it's for me it's finding that place of like okay what has developed because of things that are not great and what is genuinely myself and then where are both of these things similar is there necessarily a divide there and I'm trying to move away from the idea of like trying to fix everything about myself uh, and more so like learn when to to flow with who I am and being aware of different things are happening and not necessarily reject things because they may be trauma born. And so Mm. I think for me, when I am, especially if I'm in like a customer service situation, like are people I don't know in real life, my default will be to kind of like people please a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I have caught that a lot of times people pleasing will actually be causing me to not act with my best integrity and not act with the best interest of other people because I'm trying to be super nice when in reality that's not actually helping the situation and surely I do also Mm. think there's times when you can act with integrity and put a stop to something and still be kind about it but I also think there are times when it's actually better if you're mean a little bit or a lot of it or just really mean (laughs) being mean is good actually Mm -hmm. Uh, that'll be the episode title (laughs) <laughs> it should be. I think um, I think that's it. You know, sort of those kinds of things that have been on my mind a little bit this year as well, as I try and sort of figure out the difference between stating and holding a boundary with someone, and and like yeah, and and I guess and responding out of trauma or responding out of um, you know reactionary emotion, which of course can come from trauma. And it's, it's a hard one. I think like something I've been talking to my clients about a lot lately, um, 
this this sort of like certain pockets of the spiritual community and the and the sort of psycho spiritual community, the the wellness community, seem to like to talk about boundaries like they're this really warm, fuzzy, like, oh, you're, you know, you're, you're setting your boundaries and it's going to feel so good. And I feel like we don't talk enough about how the boundaries that really need to be set with people often feel like crap and it doesn't feel good to set those boundaries. It doesn't feel good to hold those boundaries. And usually the other people that you're putting the boundary down with don't love it either. (laughs) You know, it's like, um, and to me that plays into this idea of like being mean, I guess, like, I don't know. I think sometimes we cast we cast things as mean when really it is just holding an uncomfortable boundary or standing in your integrity. You know, we I don't know. I think like particularly people who are coded female or code, coded femme, I think there is this expectation that we caretake other people's emotions um, a lot more than other people perhaps have to. And I don't know, like, is it is it mean? And I'm kind of calling myself out on this too because. I definitely am like sensitive, I would say. And so if somebody responds to me, you know, in a text message and they don't put an exclamation mark or they don't put a smiley face, I'm like, this person is mad at me. This person hates me. What did I do wrong? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know, this idea of meanness is interesting. Like what, what even is it to be mean these days? Is being mean just not being like super friendly? Is it not people pleasing? Is it not pushing making yourself smaller and and eroding your own boundaries like what what does it mean to be mean philosophy hour wow. with mana and celeste yeah you can get both of us talking about philosophy it's dangerous um we could be here <laughs> oh god you guys don't even know the off mic shit that we talk about anyway oh, oh god um but i i agree i don't even know if i could define what i think meanness really is right now because i don't know i think i think part of me like wants to be mean or meaner I mean, okay, I mean, well, God, mean to so many uses in the English language. <laughs> what I want to express is, again, everyone who's listening right now, for the most part, you only know me either through this podcast or like Instagram or Twitter, where I am presenting myself in a particular way. Mm-hmm. Celeste knows me like in my life life. And then there are other people who like know me and don't even know me at all from this space. And the people from that, like my, the way I'm perceived and the way that I interact with people, like with my family or let's say like coworkers and stuff like that. I am not like a warm and fuzzy person. I am very deadpan, very, I don't know what the word is. I'm not like accommodating <laughs> to other people. <laughs> I see. I don't know. Like, I guess that's not been my experience with you, but I understand. Because yeah, I like you. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> God, I need to stop outing I mean, myself right now. <laughs> are most people are most people by default accommodating to people they don't like? Like, mm. that's my question. I guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm very accommodating to people with food allergies because I can empathize with mm. that. But like the everyday person, it's like I act. I just do my best to avoid having to have a conversation with like one thing I noticed the times that we've been around each other in person is as much as both of us are introverts 
you are very much more engaging with other people that you meet, <laughs> random people, which I appreciate because I'm not like that. So like we've had times mm-hmm. where we like met and got to know and had extra opportunities because of that. Whereas like my default is like to just like black cloud myself. So that's one thing <laughs> where I think we do differ. No, I think I think you're right. That's interesting, actually. I have days where I'm like, I wish to speak to no humans and I will cloak myself in a shroud of, I don't know, dark energy <laughs> to mm-hmm. rebuff people, um, a cloak of spikes. But I think by and large, very stupidly, to be honest, but by and large, I'm going to get emotional. But I really do believe that like people are basically good and that if I engage in conversation with most people, I might learn something or, you know find out a cool fact or you know i don't know i'm probably too permissive in that way and it has gotten me into some hot water on a personal level but um yeah i don't know uh it it probably helps that i am living in the south and have lived Mm -hmm. in the south for nine years and people are just very nice by default to strangers down here (laughs) well i really i really admire that about you that you are so engaging with people and genuinely interested in who they are and and that's you know i've been around you enough times to see like how cool that is and how it can open you up to different opportunities and so I've definitely tried to do that a little bit more um while still maintaining a sense of like self-preservation I guess there also have been times where like I've definitely noticed things that you have not in like (laughs) (laughs) um in like crowded places or like and we've done a lot of dangerous stuff together. So I think we make a good team because of our differences. And I'm glad that we're not the same. Like if both of us were super standoffish, we would have, have had zero fun in Kentucky and zero fun in, uh, in Salem. I remember, I can't remember if it was before we met or not, but I do remember like at one point I had like put a picture of my house on my Instagram stories or something like the outside of my house. And you messaged me immediately and you were like, your, your house number is in that picture do you, is that a good idea? Do you want to maybe like take that down? And I was like, it's fine. No one knows what my street name is. No one's going to figure out where I live. And then like, I sat with it for five minutes and I was like, hmm, maybe that was a bit stupid. Actually, (laughs) maybe I will take this down. I almost tried to like prove a point, but I I did not want it. But I felt like, oh, this might be, Celeste might think I'm like trying to be an asshole about it. But I was like, (laughs) I wonder how long it would take me to find her house on Google Maps. So, yeah, you know, maybe I'll get murdered one of these days. I, uh, I sincerely hope not. Let's not call that. Too. This is not an invitation <laughs> for anything or anyone who is listening uh, here for that. But I don't know. I've had, I've had um, some close family members of mine be stalked before. And so Oof, my brain yeah. is wired because of that. So there's things that I grew up doing that I didn't know weren't like things everyone did in their house so mm-hmm. we always as soon as the sun started to go down lock every window close the curtains make sure there was no cracks in the curtains you couldn't see around it at all the blinds would be tilted a certain way so you couldn't like look up or down in them depending mm-hmm. on where the house was those were all things that like were totally normal and so i go to friends houses and i'd be like why are you, you leave your curtains open and they're like yeah i just feel really safe if like no one can see in anywhere yeah no i mean that's really smart i think i've told you about the um I mean, you know, honestly, after the crap that I've experienced, you would think that I was a little, would be a little bit more 
paranoid, but um, I think I told you about the, the, when I first moved to New Orleans, the house I lived in, we had like a backyard masturbator. I've told you about the backyard masturbator, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy shit. Um, and that was, you know, initially noticed this individual because we had a bunch of big windows uh, in the house that didn't have, you know, any kind of curtain or, or blind. And that's how I first witnessed this person. And the whole situation escalated to the point where he was standing on a ladder so that he could be seen over the top of our fence through this kitchen window, um, standing on a ladder, buck-ass naked, wearing a ski mask, and masturbating uh, at like three o'clock in the morning when I walked into my kitchen to get a glass of water. And it was horrifying. And um, yeah, you would think that after that experience, which definitely like, I mean, I don't know if I would call that a stalker necessarily, but like it went on for an entire summer. I mean, I wouldn't not call it a stalker. <laughs> From the whole shebang you told me about, it sounds somewhere on there. <laughs> I mean, certainly it was a prowler situation. Um, I just don't think I'm special enough to have been specifically <laughs> stalked. I think it was more, um, you know, he was probably casting a wide net. But um, yeah, it was pretty disconcerting, though. And I remember I called the cops and they were just like, you should probably move. You're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> oh. totally reasonable. I absolutely will just move. I'll get right on that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, wild shit. So anyway, after that, you would think that I would be a little bit more um, cautious, but... Anyway, apparently I just have like a completely impenetrable sense of personal safety, <laughs> which I guess is good. I don't know. Well, at the same time, it's like, I think everyone responds to everything differently and I don't yeah. think there's anything, you know, wrong with you not, I mean, I'm, it's not exactly beneficial all the time for me to be like this. I wouldn't wish it upon you. I think that your your great point, your your central point, which is that we make a good team for this reason, is true. <laughs> oh. Man is just gently steering me away from like the edge of a cliff, and I'm like, but it's a fine cliff. Look, it's not even that far down. We could jump off this mm -hmm. cliff and be perfectly okay. It'd be a great experience. So, you know. I'm trying to think of like an example from Kentucky that would contextualize this in a way. I don't know. Strawberry Road, maybe? But not really. I mean, that we, you know. We were, we were both pretty like, let's do this crazy thing. Yeah. Oh, I can think of one. Uh, so when we first got to Kentucky, the first night there, there was a right a fairy right you wanted to do oh, yeah, 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 and you wanted to go out into the middle of this field in front of our airbnb and go to a tree on the first <laughs> night in the dark and i was like celeste like totally mundane safety thing we very easily could get shot with a shotgun if we're doing that in rural kentucky uh at this hour it's true and and also like then we just decided that we weren't gonna like do it that way and we were gonna tweak the right and go to a park mm. where there were people around yeah, yeah. that was still weird it, 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 we, we have to like redeem it at it some worked. point i think it i was, mean it was effective but it felt funny it did it did feel funny i but i think you know kentucky felt funny generally we should also say uh, or i feel like we should take a minute to uh acknowledge that terrible things happened in kentucky yesterday and actually a internet friend of mine is raising mutual aid funds for displaced tornado victims mm -hmm. in bowling green yeah yeah that's on my that's on my twitter um, yeah, i got an internet friend out in bowling green too i checked in with her this morning i was like holy fuck a good thing to do if you can do it is is 
when these awful things happen as a result of climate change, look for the mutual aid networks that you can donate mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Absolutely. We're going to talk about scammers. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, again. All right. All right, everyone. I'm, I'm warming up my hands here for this topic. I have screenshots. So I, I, I receive a message. So I asked Celeste, I was like, hey, you still down to record? And she was like, yeah, I just got back from masks. Okay, so Celeste has just come back from Catholic mass. And then I go and look on Twitter and she's also (laughs) in the middle of a sting operation (laughs) with an Instagram scammer wherein she is buddy-buddy presented herself as a scammer to this scammer to the point where this scammer (laughs) has like a personal connection to Celeste and is like, trying to be friends with you can you please tell us this story because again you had just come back from mass and you're like i am also now in a sting operation i living for it this is hilarious it was quite an eventful day um Mm -hmm. so i mean the sting operation actually happened pre-mass uh and then i took a a sidebar baby break to go to mass and then i came back and it continued it was assisted by god yes sting operation it was thank you jesus um (laughs) God is good. But anyway, uh, yeah, so everybody who's listening to this presumably at this point is aware that there is a giant problem on Instagram with um, scam accounts. And what they will do is they will clone the account of a existing Instagram influencer or a popular Instagram account. They probably have a program that does it. I don't know. And uh, they'll take all the photos and they'll change the username very slightly. So you can't really tell if you're just scrolling quickly that it's a fake and then they will add all of your friends you know you the target you the person who's been cloned and they creep into people's dms and they're like grand rising beloved i feel very drawn to your energy (laughs) um would you like to be considered for a reading today and and then they try and get you to pay them basically would you like to be considered for a reading today would you considered i will consider it depending on how much money you have um and you know then they'll ask you to send them uh paypal usually but they'll ask you to send it friends and family because if you send it friends and family you the victim of the scam cannot charge back that amount of money and uh and yeah basically once once you pay them typically they just block you sometimes they will facetime you for like 45 seconds but it'll just be like the ceiling of a house somewhere you won't see anything or like they cover the camera with their thumb and then they disconnect and they're like oh weird tech issues haha and then they block you right and um for whatever reason this has been going on since probably this time last year but Mm -hmm. early on in 2021 instagram was pretty good at deleting these accounts immediately you know you as as the person whose account had been cloned or your followers would go report the account and usually within sometimes even just a few hours the account would be deleted and instagram would do their job but that's not happening anymore (laughs) i don't know why um i don't know if there's just the sheer number of people running the scam now is overwhelming instagram or whether instagram simply does not care i am unsure but anyway it's a huge problem happening all over the place so i um have the time apparently to engage with this uh it you know it's deeply annoying because when it happens to you i mean you know robin a tired witch has talked about this extensively but particularly if you have you know hundreds of thousands of followers on instagram 
you can imagine that when someone clones your account and pretends to be you and then starts defrauding people in your name, you as the creator get like hundreds of messages a day just being like, is this you? I gave this person my money, you know, and it becomes very overwhelming. It is a strain on your mental health. It's also a strain on your time and your resources. So it's just a huge, huge, huge pain in the ass all around. So anyway, I figured out a while ago who these scammers actually were. And this is like by complete um, coincidence, about a year ago, I had fallen down a, a late night Wikipedia rabbit hole researching internet scams. Because again, for some reason, I have the time. Also, I have ADHD. So I got really invested in contemporary internet scams on social media. And I found these various articles and documentaries about the phenomena. Not the occult phenomena, but the scam phenomena. <laughs> <laughs> Different. Or, or is it? Anyway, uh, Vice has a bunch of uh, pretty good articles and, and short-form video docs about this. There's also a full-length uh, documentary by a Dutch-Nigerian, I think, filmmaker called Sakawa, S-A-K-A-W-A. Basically, it's a whole subculture in parts of Africa now, particularly Ghana. And it's sort of like kids in gangs type thing where these kids like, you know, they, they, it's a whole subculture. They wear particular clothes. Their whole deal is that they're kind of like business people, air quotes, but their business is scamming Americans on the internet and they work out of internet cafes. They're mostly pretty young kids. Um, and they make a lot of money this way, particularly, you know, when you account for currency conversion, like, you know, if you're only scamming a couple of hundred dollars a day out of people, that's big money in Ghana, I would imagine. And the weird thing is that it intersects, okay, I use this term because that's the term that's used in these articles, not because I believe in the term black magic, but it intersects with quote unquote black magic, which is to say that these kids, uh, to petition for a successful scam, a successful grift, they will go and see spiritual workers in their communities and get prayed over, get candles to burn, you know, get ritual work done for a successful scam, which I find fascinating. Anyway, so this is the whole backstory. When this started to become a really big problem, I saw some people commenting and being like, well, I don't understand. Like if someone wants to run a successful business, why don't they just, you know, learn to read tarot themselves? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like <laughs> this is not, nothing about this is legit. This is not, you know, this is intentionally a grift from the ground up. It's, it's, it's small time organized crime, frankly. So anyway, this morning, I got a message from, or I got added by one of these scammers, um, pretending to be a, a yeah, acquaintance of mine here in New Orleans, Queen Lee Conjure, um, who is very cool. She does readings. Her name's Raina. She does readings. She is opening a tea room. Cool, cool person. And so this account adds me pretending to be Raina, and I had a window of time before mass. So I was like, let me just, let me just, let me just, let me just see about this. So I messaged the scammer with Grand Rising, would you like to be considered for a reading? Just to see what would happen, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Just to see. And um, I think they messaged back with something that didn't make a lot of sense to me, kind of like broken English. And then they, then they messaged again and they tried to FaceTime me. Um, and so I answered the FaceTime call, but I pointed my camera up at the ceiling. So it was just my ceiling fan. And their finger was over their camera, so I couldn't see them. And then they hung up. And then they were like, 
yes, I would like a reading. Why don't you show your face? And I was like, okay, okay, let's call again. So I called them again, but I pointed my camera at my statue of the Virgin Mary. And that call lasted for about 10 seconds. And then they hung up again and they were like, lol, is that you? And I was like, yes, that is my face. And they were very confused by this point, but they called me again. And this time I pointed it at my Furby. <laughs> and they hung up again. And that I don't I don't know. I don't know what was going on in this person's head at this point. But clearly they did not know what the fuck was happening. They were very confused. And so we went back and forth a little bit. Like they kept sending me like laughing emojis and I was like, ha ha ha. And at some point I just gently introduced the concept that I was also a scammer and we had encountered each other in the wild of Instagram. Us, you know, two, two scammers making it on our own, coming together in a beautiful moment of social media union. And, uh, and we just started to talk about the scam. And this person was like, how long have you been doing this? And I was like, oh, I've been doing it for a while. I made like $400 today, bro. And he was like, oh, damn, that's amazing. What's your WhatsApp? Let's like talk on WhatsApp about the business. And I was like, okay, sure. And um, this went back and forth for a while. Like they were trying to get me to go off Instagram to talk to them about the scam business, you know? Um, and obviously I did not want to give them my phone number. So I gave them the phone number of the, American embassy in Ghana. Uh, I gave them that phone number and they were like, where are you from? And I said, Ghana. And they were like, oh, I'm from Nigeria. And I was like, very cool. Um, and then they were like, I'm trying to text you, but it's not working. And I was like, oh, maybe you should call. <laughs> they didn't want to do that. Um, they kept telling me to download an app called BIP. I have no idea what BIP is. Do you know what BIP is? What is BIP? No, I keep seeing that come up and I have no idea. I thought it was like short for Bitcoin at first because I'm a dinosaur and I realized that's not that's what it is i i have never heard of it i'm gonna google bip right now because i actually have no clue bip i mean i assume it's just like a whatsapp type app yeah some of these like messaging apps seem to be regional like there's yeah. a like link is really big in thailand oh interesting yeah it's developed by turk cell uh whatever that is it doesn't say where it's like located but messenger video oh it's call. based in turkey and istanbul is that's where the company is from so okay yeah my guess is it's real big probably if you're a scammer for whatever reason <laughs> so anyway we go back and forth like this for a while but during this back and forth this person clearly has like bought into the idea that i am also a scammer oh i see oh, i see what bip stands for what does it stand for big internet phony really no <laughs> Wow. You see, I'm so trusting. You really got me there. Wow, that's embarrassing. Don't don't cut it out because it's kind of fun that I sound very stupid, but uh, that's beautiful. Good job. <laughs> big internet phony. But it's spelled big internet, P-H-O-N-E hyphen Y. So it's like big internet phone and phony. Phone-E. Yeah. All right, I'm done. Take the floor. You can have it back. Oh my God. Embarrassing. Embarrassing for Celeste. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We go back and forth for a while. They've definitely bought into the idea that I am also a scammer. Uh, and they just start telling me stuff about themselves. They tell me where they're from. They tell me their real name. They give me their real phone number um, and their BIP phone number. And then at a certain point, I have to go to mass. And also, <laughs> and also I'm not going to call this person, right? Um, they asked me if I was a man or a woman. 
I said that I was a lady and that I was like, oh, you, you trying to you trying to hit it, bro? And they were like, no, I just want to know. And I was like, OK, like, I think they fell a little bit in love with me. Very like this, this beautiful Romeo and Juliet style scam scammer romance was happening before I went to mass. I blocked them because I was like, look, I mean, I'm done here. I have the information that I wanted, which is who they actually are. Um, and, and them admitting in screenshot that they're not legitimate, right? Because that's something that I'm seeing happening in the community a little bit is that there are some people who are like, well, who actually are these people? Like, how do we know that they're not legit? Like, I actually just got a, a Twitter message from someone who was like, my friend is really getting taken in by these scammers and they refuse to believe that they're not legitimate. Like, can you help me prove it? So saved all these screenshots for that purpose. And um, I went to mass which was great. And then I came home and this person uh, who's, what is his name? Let me, let me find his name so that I can, I can make him famous. <laughs> Amuda. I'm, I may be pronouncing that incorrectly. Anyway, so I block Amuda on his Queenly Conjure scam account. And then I come back from mass and he has messaged me from a different scam account. So also like confirmed that these people are running multiple scams at once using different people's accounts, right? This time the scam account is universalmother.llov. So love, but with two L's. And they messaged me at 322 while I was in mass saying, why did you block me? I thought we are friends. Then they called me and obviously I did not answer. And then they responded to an Instagram story I had made calling them out as a scammer. And they were like, why are you doing like this? We all know you also a scammer. I don't understand why you're doing like this. So Amuda is very confused. And that is my scintillating takedown of scammers on the gram today. Well, I am very, I am very impressed that I believe it's very impressive of you that you also did this from your actual Instagram account. <laughs> this is again where we would differ in <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not critiquing that. I just think it's another point where I think we would both have done, if we both presented with the same information and wanted the same outcome, I, I would, I think I would go more of like a school of the witcher school of the cat stealth mode. And I think you're like yes. much more of a, of a bard. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a moment where I was like, this is probably stupid. Like what if, what if, uh, you know, they try to hack me or something, but I don't know. I'm, I'm also just at a point where I'm like, you know what, if my Instagram gets hacked and I lose all my social media, maybe that's not the end of the world. Yeah. Know? It's just, there's all your personal information and your messages and stuff like that. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Um, eh. I would, if I were you, do you have double factor? Login? Oh yeah. I have oh, okay. Well stuff. then oh, yeah. I think you're fine. I think I am too. I mean, I don't think that these people, because that's, this is the other thing. Whenever like a scammer account pops up, I get, and I'm sure everybody who this happens to gets a bunch of messages from usually like older friends and acquaintances being like, you've been hacked. It's like, no, 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 no. I haven't been hacked. Someone has cloned my account. It's two different things. Mm -hmm. It didn't involve anyone breaking into my account or knowing my password. It's just, you know, it's, it's just, this is, this is the, social media landscape we live in and it's much easier for people to mm -hmm. clone an account than maybe it used to be i've been wondering if some of like the 
ways people are finding us is like through particular tags on Instagram. So I've started to kind of stay away from like certain tarot tags and witchcraft tags because I'm like, I don't know if this is how people go through because I noticed when I use some of those tags, I would get Autobot comments. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so obviously these tags are watched. And also I think the gram shadow bands, hashtag witchcraft and stuff like that anyway. Any post mm-hmm. I put that on uh, gets kind of funky. But... Yeah, I'm not really using those so much anymore either mm-hmm. um, for that same reason. And also, I guess, because, like, I mean, I don't know. My, my last, like, nine posts were, like, nature and Jesus. So <laughs> it feels weird to use yeah. psychic text. I mean, like, I feel like both of us, too, have, both of our practices have evolved so much since we met in February. Mm-hmm. Like, I... I mean, if I had met you, if I had met you in February, I absolutely did. I would not have imagined that like less than a year later, you'd be going to mass. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's weird, right? But also like in the in the broader story of who I am as a human, it's not weird, but it does look weird if you've just like if someone has just been following me or like engaging with my content or whatever Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. like a year or two years, it probably seems odd. But um, actually, after I, after I got home from Mass, I sent a text message to a family member of mine who is very Christian um, and actually, like, worked as a, as a, I don't know what the correct term is in his school of religion. It's not priest, but, you know, he worked as a religious figure of some kind in a religious body. And anyway, he's, he's an awesome guy, like, close family member, love them dearly. Um, and I sent him a text in the parking lot of my gym where I had parked to go to mass. And I was just like, hello, I don't really have anyone else to talk to about this, but I just need you to know that I went to mass for the first time in 15 years and I'm having some feelings about it. <laughs> and he was like, cool. Well, we're going to see each other in a week for Christmas. Uh, I'm also having a crisis of faith, so we can just talk about it together. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's weird. Like, you know, I was raised uh, loosely Christian in a very, a very loose sense and grew up going to church, but casually going to church, you know, very sort of like very British, like hands off. I, I try to explain this to people who, you know, are not from where I'm from, but where I grew up and when I grew up in the UK, like I was, I lived in a tiny, tiny village and it's still very much the case that the church is like the center of those small village communities like you know they it's it's almost a very pagan way of worshiping honestly like we i remember going to church for harvest festival like what the fuck is that you know what i mean like harvest festival that's not in the bible (laughs) that's that's some pagan shit and yeah i mean it was very i felt very connected to it as a child even though my mom was a lapsed catholic and really not particularly religious but i really felt always felt very sort of emotionally moved by it. And then, you know, I became a teenager and, you know, looked into other things and went and got a philosophy degree. And I also got a comparative religion degree. And I think like, I'm just very interested in spirituality generally and why people believe the things that they believe. But I have a very, there's a very like, I don't know how to explain it. Like a very like emotional, um, emotionally resonant like core with Christianity for me uh and 
it's weird, but it's there. I mean, I've been thinking about going to mass for a couple of weeks now. And every time I thought about going, I would start crying. <laughs> and I was like, this is weird. Why is this happening? So anyway, uh, long, vulnerable rant. What does it mean? I don't know. But we're, we're seeing. We're looking into it. One thing that I've noticed, even like with myself, where like my mom went to Catholic school and my mm-hmm. mom's side is like super Catholic. Uh, both sides of my mom's side are like very religious people. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a house that's like not exactly religious, much more of like we were really religious and I'm scarred by that. So you do whatever you want. So I was I had a lot of freedom that way. But I've had a lot of resistance to going to church. Because it always has felt like if I go to church and I enjoy myself at all, that I am somehow agreeing to something that I don't want, which right. it sounds like you also were kind of battling with that. But something that I've definitely realized in the past like year is like, no, like you can go be a part of religious services and not be consumed by it. Mm-hmm. And you can also like enjoy it and they're not all the same and you're not just because like I could say I've also been thinking about going to church just so I can be in a space full of people who are I don't know I just want to experience some sense of peace because life has not been peaceful but you can do that you can go to church and the people at church are very happy to have you there (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's, that's that's their thing uh and you can have a moment of peace and then you can walk out of there and then still go do your practice or whatever. I, I don't know if I'm okay. explaining this super well, but it's something that I couldn't like get through my head for the past like couple of years up until recently. I couldn't like get through that mental block of like, no, like I can go do that and still do my own thing in my own life. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not now suddenly bound by anything. Yeah. I think it's really hard. And like something I have to sort of verbally acknowledge since this will go out publicly to people. Um, And I I forget that we're not just on the phone having a chat. But, um, you know, I want to make space for the fact that even though this is not my personal experience, many people do have like very heavy religious trauma. And I would never want to, I mean, I guess this is the thing, like when I'm talking about something that I'm experiencing, or the ways that my practice is evolving, or the feelings that I'm having about things, it's never like prescriptive, like you should also do this thing. It's just like, here's where I'm at. And I'm lucky that I didn't come from a background where I had a lot of religious trauma or I was forced, you know, I mean, I went to religious school, which was occasionally annoying, but I personally, I would not have called it for me a traumatic experience, but I know that that's really legit for many, many people. And so, you know, that's something I'm sitting with too. I don't agree with a lot of the decrees of various different churches. I don't agree a hundred percent with all the doctrines of different kinds of Christianity, particularly Catholicism. And these are all things that at some point soon, I am probably going to have to sit with and work through as a human being. Everyone is right now, you're currently listening to a podcast where two queer people are talking. So (laughs) now we're talking about going to church. Uh, So it's, uh, yeah, it's complicated. (laughs) It is, it is complicated. And like, I guess where I'm sitting with it now I'm probably going to have to like go back and read like a bunch of heavy theological philosophy to like, you know, cause that's, that's the way we solve this problem. Right. Um, <laughs> just read some Thomas Aquinas about it, but <sighs> it's tough. I, here's a, a weird sidebar anecdote that feels related. I went, went to religious school. It was not a Catholic school, but it was a Christian school. 
uh, single sex, all girls. And my dad died when I was 12. And I remember at the time, like, I think at 12, I was like, not particularly anything spiritually, but I definitely like believed in something. And I was interested in Christianity and like, vibed with it a little bit. But you know, I, I wouldn't have called myself a Christian at 12, necessarily. Um, anyway, there was this girl in my class who was super religious. I think she was actually from America. What a surprise. Um, very evangelical Christian, which like, just at the time in Australia, it wasn't really a thing. People weren't really like doing Christianity that way as much. And so this girl was like extra for everybody. Like even in, even in the context of a religious school, other people were like, damn, whew, what is this lady doing? Um, anyway, can't remember her name, but I do remember I was in class with her and everybody at this point knew that my dad had passed away. And I mentioned offhand, I think, I think she might've asked, I think she was like, oh, well, what, what did he believe in? And I was like, oh, he was an atheist. And she was, she very confidently, she just looked at me and she looked really smug. And she was like, well, your dad's in hell now. And I was like, damn lady, damn. what the fuck? You know, like who says that at 12 to someone? Um, and I guess I tell that story because <sighs> these are the things that I'm like, sitting with and disentangling because I know that there are people like that out there who feel very confident that if you have, you know, quote unquote sinned or you have not believed certain things or followed whatever scripture to the nth degree that you legitimately are like cursed and damned forever. And it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to sort of like, contemplate being in a being in spiritual community with people who think that way because I don't think that way but on the flip side if I'm being brutally honest which apparently I am real vulnerability hours there's a lot of people in the witchcraft community that I don't fucking agree with either mm -hmm. you know <laughs> like there's people in the wider spiritual community whose beliefs and arguments and the way that they operate and behave, I am extremely, you know, in disagreement about. So at a certain point, I do think it becomes like, what are you, what is it doing for you? What is it personally doing for you? Is it bettering your life? Are you able to hopefully better the lives of other people by, by the spiritual streams that you're engaging in? Um, and I think it should be both, you know, that again, this is my like bleeding heart, compassionate perspective, but I think, you know, it's so hard because I am just speaking for myself and I'm not trying to speak for anyone else, but I am not interested in a spiritual way of being that is just wholly for my benefit. I want to mm -hmm. participate in things that are also hopefully going to encourage me to be a better person. And maybe that's not, you know, normal Christianity. <laughs> maybe that's something weird and out of pocket. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, con I'm confusing myself at this point. Please stop talking. I have rambled. I was going to make a joke before we got on the podcast about how, like, Celeste has gone full boring virtue on us. But I didn't think that that would be appropriate. <laughs> Dude. Honestly, though, I was thinking I was thinking about Dorian Virtue literally the other day uh, and, and realizing that I don't know too much about what caused her to go from like, 
you know, full scale witchy poo to like denouncing everything and becoming super Christian. Um, I don't know what happened. But the thing is like, she wasn't even like super witchy poo. It was like, she renounced all of the work she did. And then in a way it's like, I I mean, a part of me has wonders like, did she renounce all of her work because she realized it wasn't truly genuine? Yeah. I wonder, right? Like, I don't know enough about her as, as a person to know like what her story was, but, um, I've, I've been curious to like go down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. It's making, you know, I don't know. Like I'm just like, I'm so down the rabbit hole generally this year with like all of the different things that I've experienced and learned about and, you know, the people who have come into and out of my life and who have taught me things along the way. And I had this sort of, and I think we've spoken about this, but I had this sort of revelation a while ago where I was like, damn, and I mean, this is not revolutionary. I'm acting like I, I'm acting like I came up with like a brand new thing and I didn't. It just like it dawned on my stupid ass. But I was like, you know, really the Catholic Church specifically and like witches believe mostly the same things. <laughs> like, there's a lot of uh, synergy between those two things specifically. Synergy? Synergy. Syner- Den of sin? Sin. Synergy. S-I-N? That's right. I'm being an asshole. Correct. Sorry. Anyway. That's okay. Please continue. I love it. I love this for you. You're being mean, mana. Mean. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, right? Like I was, I was contemplating Catholicism specifically and realizing like, this is the most occult religion ever. Like the most, in terms of mainstream expressions of Christianity, you cannot get much more paranormal and occult than Catholicism. It's wild. Like, you know, these, these are, these are people who like believe as a congregational, a congressional, congregational Mm. body, a body of faith that demons exist, that they can possess people, you know, that statues can bleed and cry tears and that paranormal apparitions of the Virgin Mary are like popping up all over the place. And it's a real thing. And I mean, as somebody who practices sort of folk magic, which includes veneration of saints oftentimes, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a little hop, skip, and a jump over into Catholicism, you know? Have you ever listened to the Red Text podcast? It's a new one. I haven't. I haven't. You no. should totally do it. It's really good. Um, it, I will shout it out. Um, let me get the, the details. I'll put a link. I'm trying to get some of them on my show. So Oh wait, what's what's your catchphrase again about links? I listened to that episode. Um, I'm very passionate about links, everyone. <laughs> there might be some merch. I want I, I want you to make stickers. I'm very passionate about links. <laughs> you know, I actually had prototyped and ordered stickers from a merch design that I was gonna do because I feel conflicted about um clothing merch right now because I can't figure out a way to do it that like I agree with ethically. But mm-hmm. for stickers my the design that I have is just like really complicated for die cut stickers, but it would be really easy to do. I'm really passionate about links sticker. I could I could whip that up real <sighs> I fast. Think you should. Sell that out of my metaphorical basement. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like I all a lot of this stuff started distilling for me, as you know, when I started working with the Archangel Michael, which was mm-hmm. 
fucking bananas. Jesus. And I mean, you experienced some of that too, but you, you had pre-existing Michael beef. Oh yes. That's another, another aspect of where we differ. Like I spent the greater <laughs> part of 2020 being like, fuck Archangel Michael. <laughs> fuck that guy. To the point that was like a thing that like people associate with me. So I had, I'd, I've received multiple emails about like, I know you don't like angels, but blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, the bit has gone too far. Um, I have, <laughs> cause it, it was like a thing and then it became a bit. Cause I, unfortunately, I feel like people who know me well enough, I feel like I don't do bits that much with you, Celeste, cause I feel really comfortable <laughs> with you. But like for other people, it's like, I'm so sorry if you get on a call with me and I just start, I start doing a bit and I don't stop. I just keep going. <laughs> Um, so that was what kind of the Archangel Michael thing was, but I also knew in the back of my mind that he and I probably just like had a bad breakup in a past life. And so I'm like, fuck that guy. Uh, that was a bit again, that's not true, but it's funny. Cause like both of our relationships with, with them are different. He and I now are like, we're at a, a neutral impasse of like, you fuck around, do whatever you also fuck around, do whatever. We'll just stay away. I was going to say it's probably for the best that you had like, uh, you know, a past a past life breakup with the Archangel Michael because he and I are very entwined at this point. And that would oh, be yeah. awkward. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just dating another ethereal mercenary now. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so as, as you know, I had a situation where I had to um, cleanse and and bridge myself of some energy that was not great. And oh, which around. time? Oh, <laughs> great <laughs> listen <laughs> oh what a year oh my god i bring this up because like you've been hit with stuff that's like really not cool and i'm not at all blaming you but the vagueness of that statement i don't know which one you're referring to right it now it starts to feel crazy though doesn't it like i mean i got to a point with that stuff this year where I was like, I don't even know anymore. Like, first of all, why am I even, it's okay. This is going to sound weird, but like I got to a point where I was like, why am I even believing in any of this anymore? Because if all that's happening is I am perpetually getting attacked by things and having stuff thrown at me. First of all, I recognize that it sounds like I'm paranoid, but the irony is, as we discussed earlier in this podcast, I am like the opposite of paranoid. So if these things are happening to me, you know, like, um, and, you know, it was verified through divinations and, and mm-hmm. so forth. But anyway, like, I, I don't know, it was all messy and frustrating. And I definitely had like a dark night of the soul about it where I was just like, I am, I am done. Like, I am fed up. We are at a point now where I don't want to deal with this anymore. And if that means that I have to uh, stop doing magic, then I will do that. If that means that I have to, like, turn off a switch in my mind where none of this is real I will do that but I'm just like done I'm at a point and um, during all of this nonsense which was concurrent with being evacuated from Hurricane Ida I realized that I had to tackle this with like I had to kind of bring out the, the heavy guns in some capacity and I got to a point where I asked for help from a friend and the friend was like well just say a novena to the archangel michael like do a nine day prayer to saint michael and i was like that is are you telling me do you mean to tell me that all i have to do to get rid of this shit that has apparently been plaguing me for like many years is a nine day prayer like a a prayer that takes five minutes for nine days i was like that doesn't seem enough 
<laughs> it doesn't seem like it's going to be uh, effective because that seems too easy. And they were like, just do that. So I did that. And I was very skeptical that it was going to work at all. Um, and I, you know, I work, I have worked with spirits and deities for quite a long time. And I have had all sorts of different experiences, as you know, on in that vein and on that spectrum. But I was not prepared for the first night that I said this novena, feeling like this being was there, like the most present a spirit has pretty much ever felt. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> the Archangel Michael has appeared. Um, you know, not visually, I wasn't seeing anything, but it was just very visceral. It was very apparent. And I was like, oh my God. So did that and pretty much instantly, pretty much instantly felt better, like physically better, um, lighter. After that, a bunch of things started happening in my life that felt like a, felt like sort of poison being sucked from a wound, I would say. Um, masks falling away and so forth, revealing certain things to me that were like really important, um, things that needed to be revealed. And I was like, well, holy, holy shit. And then I came to Rhode Island to visit you. And, um, and we had some wacky Mike experiences. Mm-hmm. We did. <laughs> we absolutely did. Do you, do you want to relay our wacky Rhode Island Mike time? I mean, I'm. Where, what? What do you want to start with? That I'm thinking of the spirit box sessions, but what are you? Yeah, thinking? well, I'm. I'm definitely. I'm thinking of the spirit box as like part one. Yeah, go, you can start there. I don't. Oh, okay. I am. Right. I don't. Uh, I'll tell the I, story. I just, yeah, tell the I story. Like I'll rambled. add the details. I need my memory prompted for the details. Like I remember generally what happened, but that's fine. Yeah. yeah so, so I turn up to Rhode Island to visit Mana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like we we're doing the spirit box in this in this weird old Victorian um, bed and breakfast, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but I know that I was in the box, so I was operator, and at some point, and you know, I mean, I'm sure everybody who listens to your podcast is aware, but when you're using a spirit box, you're listening to fast shuffling radio signals, and so I mean, it's not outside the realms of possibility that you will pick up on religious radio stations because there are a lot of religious radio stations on AM radio, depending on where in the country you are. But I literally heard coming through that box, it's Michael the Archangel. And I said it out loud and I remember being like, what <laughs> the hell is this, you know? And then you had a really interesting reaction to that as the person who was listening. Oh my God. I forgot about this tour right now. Mm-hmm. Now I remember. Uh, I remember when Celeste said that. And this is recorded on your Instagram, right? Like, isn't that on there? Yeah, it's either on the Instagram or it's on my Patreon, one or the other. Um, I Whatever one it was, I remember you said that and I felt... And I'm a very stone-faced person. I'm a very, like... I get excited about things and I'm very emotional like inside, but when it comes to like having reactions to stuff, I'm really annoying to have a deeply personal conversation with. So for this to happen, it, it was, it was, it was something else. So I remember Celeste said that, and then I started crying. Like it was Mm -hmm. like my face hadn't fully changed and I felt like there was something so present in the room and I couldn't, um, 
process it in any other way other than like tears rolling out of my eyes and just feeling indescribably in the presence of something. Mm-hmm. And I remember like holding your phone and being like, I'm crying right now. This is really weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. 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 It was super weird. And I don't, I haven't gone back to look, but I don't think that anything particularly significant was said after that. Mind you, like I said, I haven't listened back. So maybe it was, and I've just like forgotten. Um, but that was odd. And then, you know, we, we were not staying together. I was staying at this bed and breakfast and you were staying at your house. And then the next day when you came to pick me up, you like, yeah. And you've lived, you've lived in, in your, in new England for a while at this point. So it's not. Oh like yeah. I've, like, I've lived here since February. And just so everyone knows, I didn't refuse to let Celeste stay in my house. <laughs> I was in the process of moving at this point, so there was nowhere for her to stay in my house. That is why that happened. It's actually because Mana is prejudiced against Christian witches. Yeah, and, I, um, I, can't, I can't let them into my home <laughs> with no curtains on it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so you were driving to pick me up the next day, and did you like drove past a botanica that you had like literally never seen before ever yeah you your bed and breakfast was in a part of town that quote your uber driver i don't come over here uh <laughs> <laughs> that, that is that is the part of town it was and i i um i work a lot of gigs in a different part of town that's known as the i don't come over here part of town so it's, providence has that there's like many parts of providence that are little pockets of i don't go over here um, mm-hmm. if you catch what I'm saying, but so this is a part that I literally hadn't been to, but I'd been nearby it. Like Roger Williams park is near over there, but there's a botanica right there. And I have Googled, I don't know why this one never popped up, but it was just Archangel Michael botanica. Let me see what it is real quick. Let me get the actual name. Um, botanica San Miguel. Oh yeah. Right? Yes. San Miguel. And then however you pronounce Archangel in Spanish. Which I yeah. Yeah. And it was just like this big ass letters and it's, it was literally like three, four blocks away. It was so close. It was walking distance from where you were staying. And I saw that the next day and it was like, I literally didn't even see this. We didn't see it the first night we were over there. I never didn't know it existed. It wasn't like something that I saw and like remembered. It was just like, it suddenly then appeared. And then I was like, is this actually Botanica or is this like a cover shop for like something else? And then like, I looked in the window, I was like, nope, that's Botanica. Yeah, very weird. Very weird. And then um, probably the the weirdest thing that like, I get you like, here's the thing. And this is the thing that I love about your podcast and the people that you talk to and, and the people who listen to your podcast is that we can share this kind of experience and people are going to be like, you know, you're, you don't have listeners who are going to be like, that's just a coincidence. What do you mean? You know, mm-hmm. like, it, because it is a coincidence, but it's also weird. And so, like, a couple days later, uh, or maybe even the next day, uh, Mana had to work. And so I was taking myself out on a fancy night on the town in downtown Providence by myself. Um, and I did the H.P. Lovecraft walking tour. And then I took myself Canceled. Out to- Sorry. Canceled. Yes, it's true. I am deeply canceled <laughs> for so many reasons at this point. Uh, good Lord. Um, but, yeah, so I went to – and then I went to a fancy restaurant, took myself to, like, a fancy tapas restaurant for dinner. And then I uh, was walking, I was planning on walking to RISD to go to the Bone Room. If you guys are ever in Providence, you should go to the RISD Natural History 
I forget what it's called. It's got like a fancy name, but it's like open to the public and you can go look at taxidermy if that's your jam. There, I was trying to get into this taxidermy museum, basically. I was walking up this hill and this kid on a skateboard, like I, I we were we were stopped at the light together to wait for like the, the crossing light. And I think they, they said something to me. He had, he said something to me and I just assumed I was in his way. So I like moved out of his way and I was like, oh, sorry, man. And then the light changed and I was walking up this hill and he chases me up the hill on his skateboard. Classic. Totally great when that happens. Very smooth. Very smooth. Um, And he's trying to get my attention. And, you know, I'm an idiot. So I was like, oh, did I drop something? So I stop and I like turn around. It's like a pretty young guy. I would say probably in his early 20s. And he starts asking me all these questions. He's like, oh, like can I like, what are like, what are you doing right now? Can I like take you out for dinner next week? And I was like, Oh, I'm not from here. So no, I will be not here. And he was like, Oh, well, what are you doing right now? Could you like, do you want to get dinner? And I was like, I just ate dinner. And he was like, Oh, do you want to get a drink? And I was like, I don't drink. And he was like, Oh, well, I have weed. Do you want to smoke weed? And I was like, I don't do that either. And we went back and forth, like a truly insane number of times in that like he's trying to hit on me or like get me to spend time with him. And I'm just consistently like awkwardly shooting him down because I genuinely like, it it was just a weird interaction. Cause like usually when I, usually when that happens to me, a person stops at a certain point, you know, you say, Oh, I'm not from here. And they're like, Oh, okay. Well have a nice night or whatever. It was weirdly persistent. And finally, like, I think the last thing he said to me was he was like, well, do you make out? And I was like, uh, no, not with strangers that I've like literally just met on the street. And he was like, oh, okay. And then we just sort of looked at each other awkwardly for a minute. And then he was like, well, I just wanted to, you to know that you're like really pretty. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then I was like, what's your name, man? And he was like, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually like did not dawn on me until I got back to the Airbnb and had a minute to like sit and then I was like hang on what and I think I texted you and I was like I just had a very weird experience well that was also oh sorry keep going I was gonna say I may I you know I I don't like to like outright reject people because I'm not mean you see I'm not mean I'm a nice person (laughs) Um, and and so I was like um why don't you like add me on Instagram and so he did you gotta up that follower count you know oh I didn't Um, know this part I didn't know this part oh yeah so I I I had him like follow me on Instagram and and he made a point to be like oh okay but I don't actually use Instagram I just use it to follow people and so it's like an empty profile it's like there's nothing on there it's a total like dummy account like this person is a ghost they don't exist wow it it was it was weird dude that is super weird (laughs) I love that story because the way that like it just laid out is in perfect delivery. Like if you're like the fact that you can tell that story in chronological order and it has such a punchline is very impressive universe. Good job. So weird. Uh, and, and what's really crazy is, you know, I am certainly not on a podcast with you claiming that this like early twenties stoner RISD student was an avatar of the archangel michael yeah but you know it's a stretch but is it is it though (laughs) (laughs) but it it is an odd occurrence in the 
in the chronology of other odd occurrences. And then a few weeks later, I was talking to um, somebody, uh, a, pra- a practitioner, uh, Shannon from Radical Reiki. I had a reading with her. Um, she gave a reading to me. And we were talking about Catholic saints and folk Catholicism and stuff like that. And, and she relayed to me a story about the Archangel Michael stepping into her life in a, in a similar way. And I obviously I won't tell you the story because that's Shannon's story. But like she relayed a very similar kind of incident where somebody stepped forward in a time where she kind of needed them to for whatever reason, um, totally out of nowhere, complete stranger, and their name turned out to be Michael. Wow. Like right right at a time where she had been kind of working with the Archangel Michael or like calling on the Archangel Michael. So, and, and then I sort of fell down the rabbit hole and it turns out that this is like something that Catholics will tell you. Anyone who works with angels, uh, particularly people who sort of venerate or pray to that particular entity michael specifically and you know this but michael specifically is known for showing up in ways that are completely impossible to like not notice it is not it's not a subtle energy (laughs) that's such an incredible thing to like have so many people experience it's wow yeah it's crazy like and and this is this is part of the reason that i think i've been so on my like catholic bullshit lately is that there's something there, you know, like these entities, these beings that are that are coded through that, that biblical lens and that Catholic lens, like something is going on there. And I don't know what it is. And I may never know what it is. And I'm okay with that. But I think at the very least, I am prepared to publicly say that something is going on. (laughs) 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 Something is happening. What is it? I don't know. I mean, I also rewatched uh, rewatched that scene in Hellier season two mm-hmm. uh, with the Archangel Michael Estes method session, which after all the experiences I have just had was quite the rewatch, I will tell you. Yeah, I bet. Whew. Boy. That was, a, that was a big scene. And I remember actually before I had watched Hellier at all, uh, or maybe I'd seen just a couple episodes, my boss at the time so this is a couple of years ago who was trying desperately to get me to watch it um he was like oh you know it's gonna be so up your alley it's about synchronicity uh you know like it's 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 like an actual ritual and if you watch it you're gonna get initiated and i remember at the time being like whatever james <laughs> i was like <laughs> you don't even know james like stop talking out of your ass you weird stoner um but anyway <laughs> James, if you're listening, Celeste meant that with so much affection, and not not the uh, the callousness of um. In any way, I say it out of like a a, a nervous exhaustion of like, mm-hmm. oh boy, uh, he was really he was really onto something actually. But um, he specifically pointed to that scene as a moment where he, as someone who practices um, voodoo specifically. He was like, I have seen people get ridden by spirits and that is what's happening in that scene. And he was like, you have to, you have to watch this show because there are moments where you're going to be like, oh, fuck, you know, like things are happening. That's my, that's my rant. (laughs) Well, it was a very good rant. I'm really glad that you felt comfortable sharing that because it's been really interesting seeing what's been going on with you with this and kind of being present for the development of of this um, blooming relationship that you've got going on. 
I mean, I just hope, you know, I, I feel insecure about it in a way because I hope that it doesn't look unhinged to people who are observing from the outside, you know, uh, or not, you know, not excessively unhinged, no more unhinged than usual. There's like that, uh, TikTok or real sound right now. That's like trending that I see all the time. It's like, if I'm too much for you, then go and find less. Goodbye. And I think that's, <laughs> I think that's the, uh, the attitude you could adopt here with this. I, I think in a way it's helpful for people to hear some of these stories that someone could definitely like say like, Oh, that's crazy. That's weird. Or that's not possible. Mm-hmm. But I think one of my biggest beefs with Archangel Michael wasn't even with him. It was like the way that people interact or like the way mm-hmm. that people talk about him, like on the internet, mm-hmm. like he's just like this uh, accountant you can like call on at H and R block when you have trouble filing every now and then. And you just like call on, <laughs> Uh, accountant michael for whatever need you may have it's like it was like suddenly the fix-all for like every possible person on instagram and that Mm -hmm. drove me bananas to see that all the time and then i got kind of mad at him instead of like other people but i think like the way that you're describing it and the way that you're sharing that shannon similarly experienced and Mm -hmm. people as commonly experienced in catholicism i think it's helpful to share those types of stories um and i think even to like not not exactly oh my gosh even to not exactly angelic content contact mm-hmm. but contact that people have with spirits or like in my case whatever weird thing that I have going on. So I think you're right though, and I, I you know in a weird way I think this is why I have or I am like skirting the edges now of like church going Catholicism because and again this is not in any way to point fingers at anyone else and say, well, I don't let, you know, you shouldn't do that. But for me personally, it feels weird to call on a saint or a spirit um, in in the manner that you would call on your H&R Block accountant. Like, Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel good to me. Like, if I'm going to ask someone for something, I want to have a relationship with them. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I mean, otherwise, where's the exchange? And and also, like, I don't even know that I, I like trans strictly transactional relationships in in any part of my life right like spiritual or or actual like i am more interested in building something nurturing and supportive and you know with some degree of intimacy and that includes my relationships with god and spirit and spirits um and, and i think like as weird as it sounds there is something about the catholic church that feels like it taps into that in a way that sometimes, and again, pointing no fingers at anyone specifically, but sometimes it does feel like certain streams of witchcraft or certain practitioners don't approach it that way. And it's much more like, I mean, you know, I used to do it too. So I'm like, I'm calling myself out again, but, mm-hmm, same. you know, people have asked me over the past few months, well, hang on, like, why is this spell from this grimoire calling on this Catholic saint when I'm not Catholic and I don't believe those things? Like it feels weird to invoke the name of Jesus Christ or it feels weird to invoke the name of, you know, whoever, St. Martha, um, you know, St. Teresa, whoever it might be, because I don't believe that. And like, and I think sometimes the like the knee jerk answer is, well, it doesn't matter if you don't believe it, you just say their name. And increasingly, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm like, like that feels like you're kind of like 
thumbing through the phone book and just like jabbing at a name and being like, this person will do. Greg Smith, we'll call him. He'll probably fix my plumbing, right? Why not? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. why would he? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, I think relationship building is important. And I think checking in with yourself to see how you feel about building a relationship with, with a spirit or with anybody is important. It's not for everybody. I feel like if Archangel Michael were to have any job, it would not be to work at H&R Block upon reflection. I agree. I think that he would be not... Well, this is tricky, because, like, (laughs) he, you know, likes, I guess, justice and order. But also, I feel like that guy, he's... I feel like he is a repressed anarchist. I think that's true. I feel like he's more of a gumshoe detective. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, okay. maybe an ex an ex police chief, uh, grizzled by the system, and now working moderately autonomously, but also still within the system. I don't know. What what can I say? I I, I feel weird about the whole like what what exactly is my relationship with the archangel Michael? I've been trying to figure that out, and I can't tell. All I know is that he is moving in my life in ways that are mysterious and strange to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh lord i do think he's cool i'm glad that you guys are having a connection of some kind and i will put my preconceived notions aside for the sake of my friend's <laughs> happiness thank you <laughs> thank you for being open to uh, yeah. this angelic presence yeah. it's interesting though like so i don't know if you know this and I only found out because, as you know, when I fold, when any of us fall down an ADD rabbit hole, um, you know, you just you obsess a little bit. And so, I found a bunch of like highly bizarre podcasts that talk about archangels, and and like I I don't even I can't remember what it was. It was it was like three women in Arizona who were like christian new age i guess um and i listened to an entire episode of their podcast about the archangel michael and this was also where i learned that canonically across multiple different belief systems and faiths people have this sort of head canon, if you will of the fact that the archangel michael is just like a, a very visceral presence in people's lives but yeah I, I was just like wow this is like a corner of spirituality that i don't look at that often it's just like Christian-ish, but also New Agey kind of area of of spirituality. What's the difference between canon and lore in this context? Mm. Because I feel like that's a tricky one. Well, I guess when I say head canon, what I probably mean is lore, because it's not canon in the Bible per se, but it does appear mm. to be like the folk myth that has got it swelled around the people's mic the people's mic Mm -hmm. archangel michael is when we're referring to the bible yes archangel mike is when we're referring about yeah mike 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 is we know at home mike is the mike is like leather pants draco right (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) sure oh god what a what a deep cut reference i can't not prove that so wow that's the thing i actually just said Mm-hmm. Mike is leather pants, Draco. All yeah. right. 
we're we're rolling with it. You should keep this in. This is this is I will. quality. I'll keep it. In. <laughs> I don't give a shit at this point. I'm gonna take out the the all angels are bastards part though. Yeah, you should probably take that out. Um, take that. Maybe I'll leave that in, and people can be like, "What did she take out?" I'm gonna. Beep. I was gonna I was gonna sidebar off of that and talk about this whole like you can't worship the Virgin Mary as a closed practice, but I don't know if I want to start that crash fire. What what triggered that tweet? Because I couldn't get to the bottom of it when I saw oh. you tweeting about this. I was like, what okay. is going on? And then you said that thing about like you can only worship Jesus or God if you're from <laughs> Nazareth. And I was like, what if you're from <laughs> Nazareth? And then people like got on that tweet too. And I was like, I was making like a Raven joke from Teen Titans, everyone. It's okay. People are kind of a big fan of that though that that someone had that gif reaction that was pretty funny um so i have been making a lot more saint slash uh loosely christian content in the past week or so um and i had made a you're a christian influencer i'm working on it (laughs) christian that doesn't work no i just i just like it sounded horrible when i said that I'm I'm workshopping too much stuff in this episode. I am so sorry, everyone. I'm very comfortable with Celeste, and I am a horrible comic <laughs> at heart. I'm trying to think if there's any like Christian-based words that dovetail nicely into influencer, but I I'm drawing a blank. Um, fishfluencer? I don't know. That's that that's just sounds like you're really into fishing, and you live in like <laughs> District Four in the Hunger Games. Listen, maybe it's both. Um, So, but I made this reel of, of, um, I I started a practice um, of saying rosary. And initially it was going to be a like Venus remediation practice, specifically for Venus retrograde in Capricorn, which starts on the 19th. And so I was like, okay, well, that retrograde period is 40 days and 40 nights, which already is like appropriately biblical so i was like well let me just um say a rosary but a modified esoteric rosary to inanna um but including hail mary's because we're just gonna we're mish we're mishmashing here we're smorgasbording mm-hmm. you're playing football it's thanksgiving it's good fun um and so yeah i was i was doing that and i set up an altar and so i had taken like a cute like i'm trying to make reels because that's what people are supposed to do now or whatever so i had made a reel although instagram hates candlelight flickering reels in the dark have you noticed that it's like fuck no i'm not putting this in the algorithm no matter what sounds you use and i'm like this is upsetting because this is the only kind of reel i want to make so what 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 do but um i had made this reel of my virgin mary altar space which includes you know a very normal looking mary statue and there's a tiny prayer card of our our lady of guadalupe and a couple other things i had a pomegranate on it Anyway, uh, the feedback was generally pretty good. People were like, this is so cool. And then someone commented the other day and they were like, if you're going to, you know, they came in, they came in hot with like, her name, her her name is Our Lady of Guadalupe. And, you know, you should know her history and her name if you're going to pray to her because it's important to, you know, my people. And I was like, okay, all right. Um, and so I respectfully, you know, I responded and I was just like, I was just like, you know, absolutely. Uh, I'm actually going to mass on her feast day, which is what I did today. Feast day is actually tomorrow, but I went to mass today. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I agree. And then I just like sat with the comment and I was like, wait a second. Is this person saying that you can't pray to the Virgin Mary unless you are Mexican? 
because that seems like a stretch. And one of my friends commented further on that thread and it turned into a little bit of a thing. And indeed, it does look like the original commenter was trying to say that because Our Lady of Guadalupe specifically is, according to some people, an expression of a indigenous Mexican deity. And, and I say according to some people, because like, we have to understand that like a, a vast swathe of Mexico is Catholic. And, and we, you know, we could sit here and talk about why that is. And I'm not saying it's a good thing that it is. I'm just saying that is the reality. And so Mexican Catholics, for the most part, are not thinking of Our Lady of Guadalupe as an expression of this indigenous goddess. They are thinking of her as an expression of the Virgin Mary. <laughs> and this person seemed to be saying, you are, you're basically being an asshole colonizer if you, if you pray to or worship the whitewashed version of this indigenous goddess. Which I just... I just don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I I respect the viewpoint, but I am struggling to parse that out. You know, yeah. It's just, that's a it's a, that's a big one. I mean, essentially, it amounted to the Virgin Mary is a closed practice, which mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is where my tweet came from. I was like, oh, <laughs> good news, okay. everyone. Well, that makes sense now that you provided me with the context. There was a lot of tweets, and I was like, I feel like I've I've missed something significant. I mean, wait, uh, I just, you know, you, you know how I feel. And I think like, honestly, I, I think that probably the discourse is becoming a little bit more measured as we evolve. But I do think that closed practices are absolutely a thing. And there are some things that you totally should not do or partake in unless you, you know, either have been invited or you are, you know, entitled to that through the way that you were raised or the culture that you were born into. But I also think that it is a pretty big stretch to say that the Virgin Mary is a close practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's an interesting one. It's also interesting to me, like as a someone myself who is a mixed race person, it is baffling to me, like what people will assume about other people. Like I know you're, you are a multi nationality, you're white, Mm -hmm. but I, I mean, as someone who, to most people, how do I say this? How do I say this without entering, I'm tapping my fingers together maniacally like I'm Megamind from that movie. I try not to assume that people are one thing or another in my mm-hmm. life because the more that I've gotten to know people and as I've interacted with other people, a lot of people are mixed race. I would say... Mm-hmm. Maybe this is bad math and this is not true. I don't know. But I think we are entering an era where most people are mixed race. And that could be wrong. I don't know. I'm not, (laughs) I don't know for sure. But that's what it feels like to me when I talk to people. And Mm -hmm. so it's fascinating that people will show up randomly um, and just act that way. Obviously, in this case, you're not Mexican if that's what they were implying you weren't. Totally, but, but 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 again, like, how are you to know, though? Actually, um, mm-hmm. and you know, I just think that it it is difficult because there are times when critique of what someone is practicing or what they're doing is is very legitimate. I think you know, and I, I don't I don't think we should I don't think we should shut down all critique forever or say that people are not um, accountable 
for the decisions they make or the way that they present themselves on the internet. Um, but, you know, nuance is a thing and it's not really so easy to shove someone into like a categorical box. I mean, in my case, yes, this person was totally correct. I am a white person. I'm not Mexican. That being said, I was at a church today where mass took place in both Spanish and English. It is a it is a church dedicated to Our Lady of Guadalupe. The congregation was incredibly diverse. Um, all sorts of different people were in that church. And at no point did I feel like I was crossing anyone's boundaries by being at a feast day celebration for Our Lady of Guadalupe. Like, no one was mad <laughs> that I was there, right? Mm-hmm. But I also think that you're totally right that you can't, like, look at someone and be like, well, this is what this person has going on. Like, you don't know. Like mixed race is a is a, is one example of how these things can get complicated so is like adoption so is the mm-hmm. culture that you were welcomed into because of reasons of where you were born or where you grew up um you just you don't know what somebody's full story is and i think like coming in hot out of nowhere on the internet to attack person a person for for something particularly when nothing truly offensive is actually taking place right it's very innocuous yeah there's obviously there's a million anecdotes here of like exceptions to this which i'm not totally. even going to address because i don't feel like we need to and if you do feel like we need to too bad we're not going to talk about it <laughs> but i i agree and i don't know i just i i get increasingly annoyed about assumption stuff because i don't think people consider mixed race people half the mm-hmm. time at all mm-hmm. um i mean there's a lot of discussion i mean by a lot i mean like most of the discussion is around like I think more so it leans towards colorism in terms mm-hmm. of like, obviously like as someone myself who is light skinned, I have a lot of privileges in life that people who are dark skinned oftentimes don't have. And I'm not trying to denounce that because I can pass. Some people look at me and think I'm white and some, but at the same time, like some people, oh God, this is <laughs> becoming a thing. I don't know if I want to talk about it right now because I'm getting kind of upset, but I had one time on a live stream. I shot. I was about uh, to bring this. Yeah, up. The, <laughs> I, I have talked about this before, but I will bring it up again for good measure because it is so comical to me now. As more more time goes by, I shot a singing bowl with a Nerf gun on a live stream that had like seven people in it, uh, and one person commented, and they were like being genuine, like they they were not being mean to me, but they obviously it was like they had no idea who I was or like really anything about me and they were like i don't know i think you might want to be careful you know shooting a singing bowl with a A nerf nerf gun gun, i think that's offensive to asian people and i was like oh i i'm asian i had no idea i was supposed to be upset right now um i'm not tibetan if that's what you're Mm -hmm. concerned about am i shooting a tibetan singing bowl in a sacred space in a med- right. like, in a Tibetan Buddhist setting, Simple. right? No, that would be ridiculous. If I did that, then, then by all means, offensive. cancel yeah. me. Sure. If I do that, if there's a video that ever services of me walking into a Tibetan Buddhist temple and I shoot, if I shoot a monk with a <clears throat> Nerf gun, oh cancel me. Oh my god, we've gone to a place. <laughs> um. Again, I'm yeah. not Tibetan though. So I mean like tech, so, but the, my point is like, there was like, oh, this is offensive to Asian people. I'm like, that's a lot of goddamn people that should be upset at me right now. 
Right. Including myself. I'm confused. Should I call my grandfather? Should I be disowned? I've already gone down that road. Being disowned by your family is not fun. It's it's a big stretch. Well, you know, I think it brings up an interesting question too, which is something I think about often, just, you know, philosophically. But like who 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 gets to be like the the person or the arbiter of what is or is not offensive or okay to a group of people because because again like this this erodes the the complexity and the nuance of cultural and and racial groups like mm-hmm. you know i watched this really uh interesting i think i told you about this i watched this really interesting debate uh on vice again clearly i've been consuming a lot of vice content um i know that they're not the greatest but are you whatever. saying that um, vice is your vice yes <laughs> all right <laughs> Yeah, I'm, you're, I'm you're, unhinged today. You are on fire. Um, mm. So I was watching this this thing that they had put together. It was like a roundtable discussion slash debate between um, a bunch of different women uh, talking about what feminism meant to them. And so they were all sort of responding to different uh, questions under the general umbrella of feminism. But they deliberately put a bunch of different women in this room. So they had like, uh, you know, they had Asian American women. They had... Uh, very, very conservative women. They had some Jewish women. They had some Jewish conservative women. They had like a a young black woman who was a Trump supporter, all sorts of different people. And they were talking about, um, you know, these these topics under the umbrella of feminism. They talked about, you know, um, pro-choice, pro-life stuff and, and voting preferences and all sorts of different things. And I remember like, <laughs> even though there were a lot of conservatives in the group, for some reason the young black woman who was a Trump supporter, everybody was just like, what the fuck? Like everybody in the group was looking at this woman, like, what are you on? Like no one agreed with her. And it made me think about like, who gets to be, who gets to be the spokesperson for a group of people, right? Because no group, you know, no group of Catholics, no group of Christians, no group of witches, no group of, uh, you know, Asian Americans, Asian people, which is a huge umbrella, as you stated, it's not a monolith. None of this is a monolith. So what one section of of a community is going to find upsetting or offensive or triggering or troubling, it's not going to be the case for other people. Like other, are there people who might've watched that live and been offended by what you did? For sure. I'm sure that there are, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm not saying that I should do that either, (laughs) but also there was, again, (laughs) <laughs> it was a weird situation. There was a lot of moving parts in that one. There were a lot of moving parts. Um, I don't, you know, I just, it's just hard because you, you can't, I've tried. I spent a long time uh, as a, as a person who cares about social justice issues. I spent a long time trying to figure out the way to like, please everybody and not upset anyone. And I started to realize that it's actually impossible, which of course is not to say that you should not try, but anything that you do, like, you know, you, 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 you listen to what one group of people are telling you and you're like, oh man, okay, I I fucked up. So let me modify my behavior. And you're going to get a whole nother group of people being like, well, I don't like that you did this other thing. So like if, if you're constantly trying to exist in this space of like moral purity I don't know. I just think it's like, I, th- I really think it's not possible. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that kind of circles back to the whole being nice versus yeah. having integrity thing. Because if you if you're trying to appease everyone, then you're not taking a stand against anything at all. You're chameleoning yeah. yourself, which I think there's a time and place. I think if you are unsafe, you know all this stuff. You can you should do what you have to do to take care of yourself and your. I don't know. Controversial yeah, yeah. opinion number thirty for the episode, <laughs> but I. I agree with you. I think it's impossible to please everyone. Also, I don't think people, when they are being pleased, also their opinions are going to morph and change. And so mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you could totally compromise your own morals and beliefs for someone who 20 minutes later ends up changing their mind anyway. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so, mean, I think I think yeah. the best thing that any of us can do or, you know, what I try to do as much as I can is, you know, I try my best just to to just listen. I think listening is an underrated skill um, and, you know, not not discount anyone off top just because perhaps their viewpoint doesn't make sense to me. I try, you know, even even with this person who com- made this comment on my reel. Right. I, you know, I had a suspicion that maybe it was not in entirely good faith, but I was still open, even in the comments, you know, you can, you can go back and fact check me, but I asked, you know, like, where is this coming from? Can you explain what's your, what's your point of view? And I think that if we listen to each other, genuinely listen with like a, a sincere desire to understand, that's really step one. But at a certain point, you do have to, like you said, you have to, you have to have the integrity to go, well, what do I as a human actually believe? What is important to me? Um, what decisions can I make and how can I express myself in a way that is, I don't know, man, is good, you know? Yeah. It's good as far as I see it, you know, and compassionate. <sighs> it's hard. It's all hard. It's very hard. It is hard. But also you should scan scammers because that is <laughs> that is the true good, the highest purpose I have to give you a, a mini anecdote story, and I'm glad you brought that up again because I was going to say it earlier and I completely <laughs> forgot. There's someone who I knew from a spiritual community that I used to be part of. She is very active on Facebook, or at least was at the time. Mm-hmm. And she ended up getting solicited by an Instagram psychic scammer who wasn't impersonating anyone. They were just like saying that they were a psychic or whatever. Mm. And she just talked to them for a while via message, called them out on it, whatever. Eventually this person ended up like opening up and then she interviewed them on her podcast. But yeah, so it was a very, a very interesting situation. Um, so I love that you've also done this, this, this sting here. And, uh, I hope that you receive no flack from this person anymore. <laughs> yeah, me too. I actually haven't blocked their new account yet. I'm sort of I'm sort of not sure if I want to message them back. <laughs> Cuz I also can't tell if they if they know that I'm not actually a scammer and if we're just sort of both double playing each other. Do you know what I mean? Like I actually I don't know how deep the con goes. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're being taken in by me pretending to be a scammer. But maybe they're pretending to think that I'm. I, it's I don't know. My my I'm very twisty with. You're this starting now. to sound like me now. Careful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there can only be one of us. One of us is to pull the other one out. You can't I know. Really do that. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm real real confused. Whew. boy, what well, a we'll what see. a what a day it's been. Honestly, 
<laughs> I love how we, we've gone a full episode, a full two-hour episode here, and we didn't even even touch on the original thing I asked you to come on the podcast about. What were we going to talk about? Oh, I, I didn't even bring it up on purpose because this is more interesting to me. But originally, <laughs> I was like, let's talk about chronic illness and Oh, butchery. my God. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Wow. Well, that, that's a whole other... This was more fun. Next that. time, we Next can time. talk about being chronically ill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, was going to call the episode Sick Witches. Oh, I, that would have cool. been great. Um, I'll do that another time. But you know what? That's another uh, marginalized identity that there's there's a lot of lot of argument about who gets to claim chronic illness. So you know, mm-hmm. there's another yeah. one of those. Oh yeah. Oof. People people love that. I have a note here about diet ableism. Mm, I hate that. I hate that stuff. It might drive uh-huh. me crazy. Uh huh. I just want to. Well, I'll close off. This will be my final comment. Then you can add. A, this, so let's let's end with uh, things that people might get upset about that we'll just Ooh. say with no context. Yeah. No. Um, oh, it's no. Not no nuance November anymore. But yeah. No, it's uh, no dicking around December. Oh, love I just it. Up. Um, I people who know me enough, like, I'm not someone who like I don't live my life trying to like make controversial statements online. I post mostly silly things on Twitter. I just like feel some type of way today apparently uh i deal with a lot of stuff in my day-to-day life due to a lot of food allergies mm-hmm. that i don't enjoy uh i don't enjoy not being able to eat particular things and it's not that oh wow i miss these food i miss the convenience of just being able to kind of eat whatever yeah and so i used to be vegan and i used to be vegetarian and i was vegetarian for a very long time and then through that process and then eventually through veganism i found out actually i'm allergic to a lot of things because i was relying on different food groups more Mm -hmm. and i think that diet absolutely works for a lot of people so i'm not shitting on it as a whole i just wish people would like stop preaching about it because if i was still vegan right now i would be a husk of a person because mm-hmm. i can't fucking eat anything mm-hmm. so i will eat my ethically sourced meat or whatever the fuck and i will eat eggs <laughs> and i will be healthy thank you that's my that's my statement <laughs> yeah you know like i uh i have some of the, some similar issues to you in this regard and so we're kind of in the same boat You know, like so many things, I absolutely don't have a problem with people sharing what works for them and what they feel passionate about, because I do think there are a lot of very good reasons to be vegetarian and vegan. Oh, yeah. Um, As you do, obviously, because you you did it. Ethically, if I could, I would be, because, you know, I, I love a cow. I think they're beautiful people, and I am also fond of a pig. Mm -hmm. Cows are good folk, for sure. They are. Um, and it, and it, you know, all of, all of the things, you know, the, the, the pollution issues and the environmental issues, uh, and, and the animal cruelty issues are all things that, you know, truly, it truly breaks me up inside. But also if I did not incorporate, you know, meat or animal products into my diet, I would not survive (laughs) basically. And I feel like um, people don't want to hear this. You know, people don't want to hear that that this is a real thing. And again, it boils down to people not understanding that the individual human experience is is incredibly diverse and individual. Like it, you can't what what works for you really is not going to work for anyone else. And I think that's my closing thought. And it and it covers so many things it covers Mm -hmm. relationship dynamics and spirituality and diet and um 
politics and everything, like what works for you really just might not be possible for someone else. And I think that as a, as a group of human beings, as a, as a people, as, a, as folks on this planet at the same time, if we could all understand that options that are available to you are not always available to everybody else, and that sometimes things that are very good for you might be very not good for somebody else, mm-hmm. maybe we would all be in a better state. <laughs> yeah. Like, <sighs> I think a lot of people can't fathom the fact that if I eat a whole mango, I will likely crash my car 10 minutes later. <laughs> What is that? I, that is a true statement that I just said. Does that make sense to people sometimes? Absolutely not. Because why would it? I don't expect it to. It's a very niche problem I have. <laughs> I can't eat apple slices. <laughs> I, can, I can have them if they're peeled, mom. <laughs> I can't have apple skin. <laughs> An apple a day does not keep the doctor away if you're me. It's no. bad. Also, um, if anyone's trying to like ruin my life, I'm not allergic to mangoes. It's just something else. So like, don't. <laughs> I gave you no ammo just then. It's just an inconvenience. See, and meanwhile, I totally disclosed my kryptonite, which is apple slices. <laughs> so if you want to kill me, I guess that's the way to go. Um, Again, oh, there's man. a lot of sol- soliciting people to kill here in this episode. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm here to say no. This is again where we're a team. Well, I'm going to shut this down right now. Um, do I not. do, I do have a beautiful little antique Catholic prayer wallet now that I got in that oddities box that I can keep on my person for when I am eventually murdered by apple slices. And it does say on it, I am Catholic, call a priest. So we have our bases covered in the event mm-hmm. of my untimely apple slice death. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Very good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. This was quite the episode. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I think it's, I think we have a lot of fun conversation. This, uh, I think people will enjoy. I was actually thinking today because I listen to a lot of like comedy podcasts that have nothing to do with occult anything mm-hmm. because sometimes I need the entertainment and I, I love listening to informational podcasts on uh, practice and things like that and different cultural experiences and religions and spiritual, whatever the fucks. But sometimes it's like, I just need to be, to hear something like fun and funny. That's not super serious. And so I like that I can do that sometimes on here when I have people on who I'm close to. So thank you for being a part of it. I hope I wasn't too unhinged today, although I was a little bit wacky. Me too, though. Me too. Yeah. Uh, hopefully anyone who listened to this does not think both of us or one of us is horribly offensive. And... Yeah, this is your first episode. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. I know. Also, um... you're welcome. <laughs> um, but thanks for being my friend and letting me uh, ramble incoherently about angels and Catholics and scammers on your podcast. I'm happy to have you here. Do you want to provide your official links? Oh my God. Your only accounts? Oh yes. My only account is Mm -hmm. scammaster7000 (laughs) at instagram.com. Scams for Jesus is my Mm -hmm. Instagram account. It's not. Okay. Let's be serious. Um, I am at Celeste Mott, M-O-T-T on the gram. And uh, my chaotic cursed Twitter presence is at who dreamed it. And uh, website is celestemott.com. And I'm on other things like TikTok, but honestly, you don't really, it's not important. I don't think <coughs> <go> Patreon. <there. laughs> what? 
I coughed and said Patreon in the middle. Oh, yeah. That's also a thing that happens. Um, Patreon is uh, Tarot by Celeste. Um, But, you know, all of those things are also linked from the Instagram. So really the Instagram Mm -hmm. is the important part. Yeah. And I'm also, as I've established before and on the previous episode, I am passionate about links. (laughs) And so everything will be linked below, including a link to the Red Text podcast, which I hope y'all check out. Why did I say y'all? Right. Y'all, because you're talking uh, to me. I I am. <laughs> I didn't say dude that much this episode. I'm a bit of a dude bro talker just because I grew up in Cali, baby. I say anyway. dude a lot too, and I feel like I shouldn't. And yeah. man, you know, I'm trying to cut yeah. it out, but it's hard. Yeah, man. Anyway. <laughs> I always want to follow it up whenever I say like man or like guys or whatever. And it's like, I just want everyone to know I'm only addressing the men in the room. And that's why I said that. And then make people confused. And I'm like, just kidding. I was just calling myself out. being for n- not sexes. being more more careful with language oh my gosh mm-hmm. um on that note thank you again you're amazing thank you for being here bye everyone bye